Hey, welcome back to the Motocross Training Podcast. Joel Youngkins here. And yeah, we're going to bring you another episode here on this channel. And today, this is going to be covering what the pros do. So I'm going to get into the content here really soon. But before I do that, I just want to you know mention that you know a lot in my style of teaching is when it comes to education is giving people more of a perspective and generalized approach of information. That way I can kind of set up parameters so that this way you can kind of chew on the information and I want you to actually think about it and try to apply it to your own racing career. Whereas if I was just able to give you some real just general specific numbers and just, you know, kind of like that whole plug and go idea. Uh, I don't really feel like that really serves, you know, justice for you as a listener. Because if you're tuning in, I think, you know, you're already kind of beyond the whole, uh, just tell me what to do and I'll go do it kind of mood. I think, you know, you're here for, I want to gain some perspective, I want to gain some knowledge, and this is going to be one of them episodes that I think you can really take what I'm going to tell you and really start applying it right away to what your career looks like, wherever you may be. Um, the one thing I do know is if you're listening to this, you know, you are a serious racer. You're someone who is looking to get better. You're looking to improve. And, you know, because if you weren't, you wouldn't be taking the time to, to listen to this. This isn't really a a podcast to entertain you. This is a podcast to educate you. So I know if you are here, you are taking the time to learn some information and you are trying to apply this for yourself. So it's way too hard to give out specifics when you're talking to a general group of people um, because a lot of what my work is is definitely you know work where it kind of things that depend there's outlines you know and, and parameters those are the things I give you I know all that stuff but you know until really take that next step of dialing in to different situations and things like that you really can't get too specific um, but Without kind of further ado, I wrote this blog of last year, which was 2019, depending on when you listen to this. And this is a lifestyle blog from my website that I wrote, and it's, it was called What the Pros Do. And I actually wanted to turn this into an actual episode today because I really enjoyed writing this article. I think it was really cool. It was fun for me as a coach to kind of think back over the years of coaching and kind of take from all of my different riders of kind of what they've done and kind of made this whole collective approach of, you know, really what are these things that they're doing that are the intangibles that are different from what the pros do versus what the amateurs do? Because I've had a really good blend of, you know, high level amateurs, some guys that take it really seriously to racers that are factory racers doing this full time. So I've had a good, nice blend of competitive racers that I've been able to work with and really just get to know as people. Um, so if you've already read this, I think, you know, this is going to be a good reminder for if you read it and just kind of a new perspective on the article. And because I'm not going to cover this as like a uh, I'm not just going to read off the article that I wrote. If you want to go back and read it, you can go on my website and check it out. But, you know, like I said, I've coached I've always coached professional racers since 2011. I've coached a lot of other athletes and a lot of, you know, working professionals and a lot of different types of clientele since then but i've always had racers whether they've been factory racers um, privateer racers racers that have raced supercross motocross gncc hard enduros and arena cross i mean 
it's been pretty much all over the uh, the spectrum as far as who I've worked with so far. So it's been an awesome opportunity for myself. It's really exciting. I'm excited for the future. Um, I think it's kind of cool to look back to and just think of all the people you've met because at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, they're pro racers, but they're all people at the end of the day, just like anybody else. It's just their job title is racing dirt bikes. So really in this article, I wanted to really share the commonalities that they kind of possess. And like, this is kind of some key insights from my perspective of seeing how they kind of tick and, uh, you know, really kind of like what, what sets them over the edge of being really good. And keep in mind, like I do spend a lot of time with them and, you know, I see these guys multiple times a week and some of these clients I've worked with for a long time. I mean, Jeremy Hand, we've worked together since 2013 and it's 2020 right now. And, you know, a lot of these guys I've trained for years on end and, and yeah, so I get to see it, spend a lot of time with them more time, probably more time than you spend with your good friends. I spend with these racers and, you know, I spend a lot more time with them than I do a lot of my immediate family members sometimes. So we really get to know each other. Um, you know, you kind of become friends with them almost and yeah, build just nice working relationships. So I do think I feel like, you know, we have a good trust, a mutual trust back and forth. We share things. And um, so I kind of just want to take these collective things and kind of share them with you, what I kind of get to see and experience. And what I'm going to talk about really isn't so much like the parts that they have on their bike or what they have access to. I'm going to talk to you about what's, what are the intangible things like that they possess? Like, and you know, these are the things that you can't really necessarily buy or like, you know, touch or have, like, these are just things that, that they just have just because these are just qualities about them. And I think this is really kind of a part of the whole training process is you have to have these intangible things because without them, you know, it's like the glue that holds all of like the planning, the science, you know, all of your practice, all of your preparation, like these intangibles hold all that together that is going to really produce the results. So, you know, if, if you have the best program, but you know, your attitude isn't in the right spot, nothing's really going to work if you have the best parts on your bike, but you know, your mindset, like you're, you have racing at a low priority in your life, no matter how good your bike is, you know, you're not going to, you know, put it all together. So these are just some things I want to share with you. And, you know, really who I'm speaking to today is really any racer that, you know, well, number one, a, a racer that maybe you're a young and up and coming racer and you know, you want to become pro one day, you think you're good enough. And these are just kind of those things that, you know, hey, this is what's to come for you. So someone looking to become a pro one day or, you know, someone that's looking to advance their career. So if you're looking to be like go from a B to an A racer, A to pro, or, you know, even if you are a pro, a privateer to a factory racer, you know, this is going to be a good reminder for yourself. And if you are a pro and, you know, you're sitting here and you're listening to all these and you're agreeing with me on these, I think this is just going to help serve as a great reminder for yourself of, Hey, yeah, that is me. Like I can't lose sight on these things. And, you know, sometimes like just as professionals, even with myself and coaching, I love hearing stuff again that I haven't heard for a while. And I'm like, yeah, like, I really like that. Like, that's so true. You know, and then it kind of pops a bunch of other like ideas for myself, even though I've heard this thing maybe three to five times in my past coaching, but this one time I hear it again and it just triggers all these new um, ideas for myself or inspiration. And, you know, it just becomes really cool. So I think this, this, uh, 
this episode's going to help, you know, kind of give a lot of information to various individuals. And again, it's a perspective thing. I want you to, to take what I'm about to tell you and apply it to where you're at in your own career right now. And just, yeah, give you something really to think about. And you know, like I said, these are the intangibles. These are the things that you must have if you're looking to better yourself as a racer or just race at a high level in general. You know, this is kind of how you need to be ticking when it comes to that. So, yeah, let's get into the uh, article here and I'll give you my external thoughts. This isn't going to be an audio version. So if you want to read the uh, the real version, it's on my website under lifestyle blogs. You'll just have to scroll back. Um, I'd, I'll try to maybe link it in the description somehow. I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, kind of see how that goes. But here, we'll get into it uh, right now with the number one. So you have to realize that the pros, they are not playing any games. And that's what I labeled it. They're not playing any games. And what I mean by that is that they fully understand that riding a dirt bike is their job and winning races is their job. Producing results is their job. They fully get that. And they really bring that preparation, that mentality to their preparation. So they're willing to make really any changes that they think is necessary as long as they're believing in it. So, like, for example, like, you know, if you told someone that, you know, you could say something crazy like turning your gloves inside out is going to help give them advantage. If they truly believe that, you know, whether it was right or wrong, they'll do it. So, you know, like I see, I actually see a lot of pros doing things really wrong in their training and they still win races and stuff. But at the end of the day, like I know that they believe in what they're doing and they're fully like locked in on it and they just believe like, Hey, if I'm working with this person and doing this thing, or, you know, if I'm on this bike versus the, my old bike that that totally changes their mentality. And I mean, I think we've seen that before where people have switched teams and, you know, I don't really know how much, you know, better teams are from each other, but sometimes like just certain things, they just find this extra belief and, you know, they will, they'll lock onto it and they'll really excel with it. And they're doing that because, you know, they believe that's the thing that's going to help them win more. Like, like they're not trying, like they're not just doing things just for the heck of it or for fun. Like everything's with a purpose. So you know, it's not like, like I go out to the track and ride or like, if you're just an amateur that's having fun, you know, a lot of times it's just like, yeah, let's just see how I do today. You know, I'm trying not to get hurt and, you know, kind of things like that. Like that's not even on the conversation. That's not even anywhere near their vocabulary. It's they're going out to win and whatever winning looks to them is, you know, subjective, but they are, they're just not playing any games and they just, they want to win and whatever they got to do to do that, they're going to do it. Um, it's just how they're wired. It's how you have to be wired. It's just like a business owner. If you're someone in business making money, whatever your job is, you shouldn't really be playing any games with that. Yeah, you can have fun and you can smile and you can laugh. That's not what I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, for my job as a coach, like I need to produce results so that I can keep like keep keep coaching because if I'm not producing results and I'm messing around and I'm not taking it seriously and I'm not actually helping people, then I don't get to do this. So it's the same thing as a racer. They just want to get paid so they can actually race because they love it. Um, It's like the ultimate hierarchy of riding dirt bikes is, oh, I get to actually get paid now, but they're taking it much more serious now. 
Uh, so number two, this one was they do not accept unorganized preparation. And I think this one's kind of funny. I think certain people look at racers as like they could be spazzes or they're like needy or they think that, you know, um, what's the word I want to say? Like, like they think like the kind of like prima donnas, like they need everything kind of taken care of for them. For some people that might be true, but I think... I think really what's happening and what I really see is, you know, I see the racer as someone that, hey, like, as the racing's as the race is getting closer, if things aren't in line or they're not sure if their bike's going to be done or if someone's, like, dropping the ball that is, is delaying their racing or they're unsure, I see anxiety levels raising them. I can kind of tell, like, they'll come in the gym and they're, like, I can just kind of see they're a little more stressed out. They're not that easy. Their mind's kind of elsewhere and... And you kind of have to dial them back into the workout because they're, they know things aren't organized and things are kind of like a cluster in the moment and they hate it. They absolutely hate it. They're not like, eh, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll, we'll show up. I'm sure it'll all be okay. It's like, no, like they need everything dialed and it has to be that way because if not, you know, they don't want to be thinking about like, oh, I hope my whatever shows up, you know, so they're definitely they're definitely, they just don't accept unorganized preparation and some of them themselves might be kind of unorganized people, but when it comes to racing, they want their racing to be, you know, they want everybody to be on the same page. So, you know, just like an, uh, someone working for themselves, a career, you know, professional, if you have a professional job right now, um, you know, if stuff's unorganized, you know, you hear people talking about work. Oh, man, the office is just super unorganized right now. There's people doing everything or, you know, people are dropping the ball. Like people talk about it like their jobs or racers talk about it like how how like people in, in the work working world like get frustrated with other people or other things. You know, it's the same thing. They still it's their job as racing. So at some point they're going to get frustrated with something that's going on that they feel like they're dropping the ball. And that's really what it is. They just, they want to be organized. They want to know heading in that everything's squared away. Number three. So this one, um, this one is they outsource what they don't know. And this kind of stems off of the number one of they don't play the game. So this kind of stems from the regards of, Whatever they feel like, they know that they, when they swing the leg over the bike, they know they are good to go. Like, that's their job. But anything outside of that, they know if they're not, you know, they if, if they're not, like, totally sure on a certain subject or topic that they know that they could, you know, do better in their career, they have zero issue with asking for help. And I think that's really cool because I think a lot of, like, amateurs, they actually have, like, they're scared to ask for help or ask for opinions or they kind of want to act like they kind of know everything. But to be honest, the pros are like, yeah, I don't know anything about fitness. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Or, you know, like they think they, you know, if, if a riding coach will help them, you know, they'll seek out a riding coach. If they need like a mental coach, they'll seek out a sports psychologist or just a, uh, um, a mental coach or whatever people would call it. But, uh, you know, like wherever they're, <clears throat> wherever they're concerned about. They're willing to go look for people that have the answers for them. You know, same thing with like mechanics. Like they're going to trust their mechanic or find mechanics. Someone that can help the problem. If they have a concern, 
they're going to go find that person. It's not really how, it's always who with them. So they're totally cool with outsourcing what they don't know. And I think that's something even, you know, amateurs can really benefit from just having that idea because we are not all experts in, in all areas. I will tell you that. And they know that because they know they're the expert in riding the bike. So when it comes to other realms that they like, they're fully aware that they're not the expert in that. Number four is they practice as much as possible. So you may be thinking, well, yeah, of course they practice. They're pros. They have they have practice bikes. They don't have to work. They can practice during the week. Or I would be that good if I could practice that much. I know some of you maybe said that before to yourselves. But <laughs> the reality is, is that they, what I'm trying to say is they do fully understand that they have to practice. Because that's where they actually get to work and improve on the skills. And if you're only competing or like, you know, so I, I totally get it. If you're listening to this and you're not a pro and you work a full-time job and you have one bike, only time you may get to ride is actually at the racetrack. And, and that's okay. That's not real. I'm not here making that argument right now, but I'm just educating on you what they do to let you kind of chew on this information. But they understand that if you're just going to the track, you can only really improve so much because that's the only ride time you get. So like, say you're struggling with a corner and you know, there's some ruts, you just can't really figure out how to hit them right. And like the whole day goes by and you just never feel like you like got it down. But if you were to do that in practice, you can actually just ride that turn a hundred times instead of waiting for it every lap to kind of come up that one area you're struggling with. And you can kind of pinpoint, you know, a weak area and make it better or even take a strong area and make that better too, which is ideal. But really what I'm just trying to say is like, you know, it's totally okay to, to practice. Like I'm not going to give you any like exact numbers of what, how many like days a week or how much they practice when they go out and ride. But I will say the pros, as much as they do compete, they practice way more than they actually compete. And yeah, they can do that, but they're doing that because they understand. Like most of them don't have coaches or like the team owners aren't checking in to see how much they're riding. You know, they're doing this on their own because they know they need to ride. They all value it. And I think some even, you know, they kind of overkill it and they actually lead to decreased performance on the weekends. Kind of another, you know, topic for another day. But, you know, the point is, is that's how much they value it, that they actually will overdo it. And, you know, as like an amateur or someone that's coming up to the ranks, if you want to, you know, take your skills to the next level, you're going to have to find time to practice somewhere. I get it. It's hard sometimes with work and, you know, and riding your bike. But again, I'm just throwing some information at you so you can chew on and you could do what you want with it. So lastly, number five is I titled this one. It's a little dramatic, but I said they will die for racing. And really what I mean by that is that racing for them is really in their top two or three in life. So everything else outside of that kind of gets pushed to the side. And and I think what's interesting is, you know, like for myself, um, you know, when I ride or race, it is nowhere near my top three on my list. You know, it's way in the back somewhere floating around, depending on the time of year. But, you know, like, like that's just fun for me. But coaching, you know, racers and my athletes and clients, yeah, that's in my top three of my life. And, you know, I pour everything into it and I'm okay with putting a lot of other priorities on the back burner so that I can keep coaching. 
And that's the same for the racers. Like they're fully committed. They understand that their destiny is to be a racer. This is what they were born to do is be a pro racer. And that they are at the level of like, Hey, I've made it now. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this till I can't do it anymore. And they know they're going to get hurt. They've seen people get hurt. They've seen people get paralyzed. They've known people have died from the sport and to them, it's not going to affect them at all. And the day it does affect them is the day they're done racing pro. And, and so what my point is, is like, you know, if you think you're going to be pro and, and not have this be one of the top two or three priorities in your life, um, I would really just highly suggest just, Hey, stick with riding for fun and racing for fun. If you were a pro and, and you feel like this priority has slipped out of your top three and you just feel like there's other things way more important now that are passing that up, it may be kind of time to look at like, Hey, I'm not really willing to risk everything for winning because everybody I'm racing against, they don't feel that way. And it's just kind of evident that, you know, I think that's really the main takeaway is racing is everything to them. And it kind of outlines, you know, my five points here is like, this is their job. It's their everything. It's how they're going to try to make a living. And they're not willing to really let anybody, you know, interrupt that for them. And they will do whatever it takes to, to progress their, their career, their riding skills. And, you know, maybe they lose touch of that sometimes, but you know, really at the end of the day, that's how they're wired. And so that's kind of really it for that information. I hope this really, like you've taken these things I've said and you're somehow kind of like, thinking about how this kind of applies to you and your career, how it could make it, you know, be better. Maybe there's an area you're doing really well. Maybe there's an area you're not doing so well. And do you have to be like a pro if you're not, you know, at the pro level or ever going to be at the pro? No, absolutely not. But I think you can take some things that they're doing and really easily apply it to yourself. Whether it is like, Hey, maybe I should start practicing once a week. Maybe I should start outsourcing some things. Maybe I should do this or that. At least that way, you know that, hey, I'm here listening on this channel. I want to get better. You know, these are some ways right here that are intangible that are going to make you a better rider 100%. And even if you didn't listen to any other episodes, I think that you can get a lot out of just, you know, switching your mindsets on certain things and start thinking like a better racer instead of just showing up hoping that you're going to do better. So, yeah, that's really it today. If you want to go check out that blog, like I said, it's under my lifestyle blogs on my website. It's jytraining.com, and you'll just have to scroll back a few blogs. If you want to check out some of my other blogs, there's some um, some interesting reads on there, a lot of different topics, not just racing stuff. But, uh, yeah, also don't forget about my ebook. Uh, right now, if you're listening to, it, to this, it's on sale. So that's the JYT moto methods the 2.0 version there's an eight-week program on there uh, a lot of information i promise you it's you know it's the most comprehensive guide on motocross training right now go check that out um but yeah until next time if you have any questions hit me up on my website and if you have any uh, episode requests feel free to uh to let me know <clears throat> to let me know too i think next week i'm gonna do a requested episode so be on the lookout for that and yeah talk to you next time see ya